No company has hired more people in the last decade than his. Today, a rare public share from the founder of Amazon, including thoughts about his mom who gave birth to him when she was just a teenager. Being pregnant in high school was not popular. The school tried to kick her out. He talks about risk-taking. I walked away from a steady job on Wall Street into a Seattle garage to found Amazon, fully understanding that it might not work. And shares his view of what it's like to try to scale a company in America today. The rest of the world would love even the tiniest sip of the elixir we have here in the U.S. A rare, unedited, raw, personal, big-picture perspective from one of the world's most successful leaders and creators, Jeff Bezos. Leadership is the ability to facilitate movement in others toward a destination you can describe. I'm Russ Hill. I help build leaders. And this is the Culture Hacks Podcast. This episode of the Culture Hacks podcast is sponsored by Lead in 30. Leading others is hard. Learn how to create clarity, alignment, and movement at leadin30.com. Some of you have read it, you've purchased it, and you've got a copy of it, and you've read it. Others have not. And so I'm just going to read to you one paragraph. It's the first paragraph from chapter 9 of our newest book that came out last year, The Great Resignation, Why Millions Are Leaving Their Jobs and Who Will Win the Battle for Talent. It's uh, it's our biggest, most data-rich, most researched uh, book, and I'm I'm super proud of it. Chapter 9 is on customer obsession. And so the the first half of this book, The Great Resignation, details um, what what's causing the great resignation, which by the way, I read, I've read an article in the New York times the other day. that says, Oh, the great resignation's not happening. It's bogus. I'm like, and, and then they went on to share all the numbers about people who are changing jobs, the record breaking numbers. And they're like, it's not the great resignation. It's the great um, reshuffling. I'm like, you, you all, you don't understand the great resignation is not about millions of people quitting and like going and sitting on a beach somewhere. It's that they resign from their current job and move to a different job. It is the reshuffling. It's, it's people leaving companies, leaving jobs, leaving industries in order to, uh, uh, in order to work for the type of boss they want to work for, to work for a company that's actually got a purpose and mission to, to, to be heard, to, 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 to work for a leader and in a culture that takes advantage of their wisdom and experience rather than telling them to shut up and just put your head down and go execute, right? Anyway, um, let me read to you at the beginning, the first chapter, the first paragraph of chapter nine, and then we're going to get into the audio from Jeff Bezos. Here, here we go. First paragraph, chapter nine of the book, The Great Resignation that we wrote last year. He scooted his chair up to the table looked forward at the couple dozen people in suits and skirts facing him, and then his eyes moved down to the printed pages in front of him. He spoke calmly yet confidently into the microphone on the table. Who is he? He's Jeff Bezos, and in a moment, you're going to hear what he said. And I'll tell you why I'm sharing it with you in just a moment. Welcome into the Culture Hacks Podcast, episode 223. More than four years into this show, I hope 
that you're finding value in it. If this is your first time ever listening to an episode, welcome in. Hopefully you'll find value. You'll tap on that subscribe, add, follow button, and you'll get two new episodes every week delivered right to your phone. I'm Russ Hill, and I make my living coaching and consulting senior executives of some of the world's largest companies. You can find out more about our firm at LoneRockConsulting.com. And true confessions, uh, total disclosures. Um, yeah, Amazon is a client of ours. I've been to Seattle. I've been to Amazon headquarters, their campus. That's basically downtown Seattle is the Amazon headquarters. I When I first flew to my first meeting um, with Amazon executives in Seattle, I, I, I looked up where their campus is. And I expected, like a lot of the other large organizations, Fortune 50 companies that we work with i expected there to be like the corporate headquarters and you drive in past the security guard and you you, they've got multiple buildings across their campus no um amazon's campus is downtown seattle it's just that building and that building and that building and most of them don't have any logos on the outside no signage you had no idea that building after building after building after building is amazon different departments in in uh, throughout all downtown seattle anyway I want to play for you some of the uh, some of the audio from Jeff Bezos in a rare public address, rare public comments. He he appears on stage from time to time, and uh, and I've played some comments from Jeff over the years in this podcast. But I want to I want to play this clip. It's about four or five minutes long, and I'm gonna it's unedited. I'm gonna play it for you here in a moment. But let me tell you why I'm doing it. Why do I care about Jeff Bezos? And, and some of you hate Amazon. You're listening to this. You're like, man, they're the biggest. They're, they're the devil. They're evil. There's been all kinds of headlines lately about employees unionizing and some of the challenges in the culture of Amazon. And, and you know, no company's perfect. I mentioned Chick-fil-A and there's a group of people that get all ticked off that I actually think Chick-fil-A has created something incredible. I mentioned Walmart and half of you think, you know, <laughs> you have really bad thoughts that come to your mind. It's like, what company can I mention? Or can any of us mention that that everybody agrees is just great? So no company's perfect. They've all got their flaws and we've all got our opinions, but you cannot argue you all with some of the data coming out of Amazon that's incredibly impressive. I mean, okay, well, you you go hire half a million new employees or create half a million new positions in 12 months. That's what Amazon did in 2020. That's an actual Google it. Look up the number. 500, more than 500,000 new positions created by Amazon in the U.S. in 2020. Like, you don't think that's impacting the economy? You don't think that's leading to people putting food on their table? You don't think that's driving a lot? Of, now, you could argue whether they should be allowed to get that big or whatever. That, that's, a whole, that's a whole different discussion. It, it, what, what they created as far as technology and two-day delivery or even same-day delivery within a couple of hours of a, a bunch of stuff with the fulfillment centers and the technology. I was talking to an executive the other day. They're owned by the, the, their company is owned by private equity, and I was asking this. We were introduced Long story, um, but basically I got on the phone. I'm talking to the head of human resources for this company owned by private equity, and I'm asking them, and they were referred to us or we were referred to them. And so I'm having this phone call and I ask, okay, so tell me about the tell me about your company. And they said, Well, we build the um the steel infrastructure of all of the different robotic systems inside Amazon fulfillment centers. And I said, So in other words, uh, you, you've got quite a demand. He's like, Yeah, we are insanely busy. 
So you think about all that Amazon's accomplished, and that's a whole nother episode. You just have to have respect for what Jeff Bezos has created. We could debate about whether he's a good human being, whether he's made some good decisions, all kinds of different things. You can't argue with what he created, how remarkable it is, how it didn't exist, how, I mean, what he did with books and then the everything store. And it's one of my favorite books ever is the everything store about Amazon's creation. Just unbelievable. Anyway, so Jeff Bezos, the reason I'm playing this audio is because I like to highlight in, in episodes, one of the things that I try to do in this podcast is bring you audio interviews, um, insight from very successful leaders during our time. And I mean, just a few episodes ago, I was playing you the first speech by Winston Churchill to Parliament, the House of Commons, in the middle of World War II raging. An exceptional leader, Winston Churchill. Not perfect, but I, I try to bring you different perspectives and and take you right to the audio, let you hear from the source of various leaders. And so I wanted to play this this piece for you from one of the great leaders, in my opinion, of our time, a flawed human being, someone who's imperfect, who's made wrong decisions, whose company is far from perfect, but who has achieved an incredible level of success. One of the you know top five wealthiest people in the world and somebody who what he what he created with Amazon over one and a half million employees now. It's insane. It's amazing. And, uh, and, and so this audio comes from, let me set it up for you. This audio, this is a five minute clip and it's of Jeff Bezos appearing before Congress a couple of years ago. And he starts off by talking, he's appearing in front of Congress, a congressional committee, along with Tim Cook of Apple, along with Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook, a lot of the technology, um, CEOs and founders, and uh, and so Jeff begins with some scripted comments. I thought I thought it's so interesting what he decided, what he chose to include in his scripted comments. And he's clearly trying to humanize himself, humanize Amazon. He's clearly trying to convince this congressional committee that uh, we're not a monopoly and you don't need to regulate us and you don't need to split us up. And you don't. so he's got he's got an agenda. Right. But it's uh, taking that into consideration. It's still interesting to see what stories he chose to tell. And what his perspective is, I just think it's so interesting. If you had the opportunity to sit down and listen to Jeff Bezos share a few insights about leadership and his perspective on society and on how to create a company and a little bit about his family, wouldn't you take advantage of that opportunity? So here it is. I'll come back and react with a few thoughts of mine. I mean, and I'll be interested in what your takeaways are. Here is in front of a... Um, Judiciary Committee in uh, in Congress. Here is Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon. I was born into great wealth, not monetary wealth, but instead the wealth of a loving family, a family that fostered my curiosity and encouraged me to dream big. My mom, Jackie, had me when she was a 17-year-old high school student in Albuquerque. Being pregnant in high school was not popular. The school tried to kick her out, but she was allowed to finish after my grandfather negotiated terms with the principal. She couldn't have a locker, no extracurriculars, and couldn't walk across the stage to get her diploma. She graduated and was determined to continue her education, so she enrolled in night school, bringing me, her infant son, to class with her throughout. My dad's name is Miguel. He adopted me when I was four. He was 16 when he came to the U.S. from Cuba by himself shortly after Castro took over. 
My dad didn't speak English and he did not have an easy path. What he did have was grit and determination. He received a scholarship to college in Albuquerque, which is where he met my mom. Together with my grandparents, these hardworking, resourceful, and loving people made me who I am. I walked away from a steady job on Wall Street into a Seattle garage to found Amazon, fully understanding that it might not work. It feels like just yesterday I was driving the packages to the post office myself, dreaming that one day we might afford a forklift. Customer obsession has driven our success, and I take it as an article of faith that customers notice when you do the right thing. You earn trust slowly over time by doing hard things well, delivering on time, offering everyday low prices, making promises and keeping them, and making principled decisions even when they are unpopular. And our approach is working. 80% of Americans have a favorable impression of Amazon overall. Who do Americans trust more than Amazon to do the right thing? Only their doctors and the military. The retail market we participate in is extraordinarily large and competitive. Amazon accounts for less than 1% of the $25 trillion global retail market and less than 4% of US retail. There's room in retail for multiple winners. We compete against large established players like Target, Costco, Kroger, and of course, Walmart, a company more than twice Amazon's size. 20 years ago, we made the decision to invite other sellers to sell in our store to share the same valuable real estate we spent billions to build, market, and maintain. We believe that combining the strengths of Amazon's store with the vast selection of products offered by third parties would be a better experience for customers and that the growing pie of revenue and profits would be big enough for all. We were betting that it was not a zero-sum game. Fortunately, we were right. There are now 1.7 million small and medium-sized businesses selling on Amazon. The trust customers put in us every day has allowed Amazon to create more jobs in the United States over the past decade than any other company. Hundreds of thousands of jobs across 42 states. Amazon employees make a minimum of $15 an hour, more than double the federal minimum wage. And we offer the best benefits, benefits that include comprehensive health insurance, 401k retirement, and parental leave, which includes 20 weeks of paid maternity leave. More than any place on earth, entrepreneurial companies start, grow, and thrive here in the US. We nurture entrepreneurs and startups with stable rule of law, the finest university system in the world, the freedom of democracy, and a deeply accepted culture of risk-taking. Of course, this great nation of ours is far from perfect. Even as we remember Congressman John Lewis and honor his legacy, we're in the middle of a much-needed race reckoning. We also face the challenges of climate change and income inequality, and we're stumbling through the crisis of a global pandemic. Still, with all of our faults and problems, the rest of the world would love even the tiniest sip of the elixir we have here in the US. Immigrants like my dad see what a treasure this country is. They have perspective and often can see it even more clearly than those of us who were lucky enough to be born here. It is still day one for this country. And even in the face of today's humbling challenges, I have never been more optimistic about our future. 
Amazon founder Jeff Bezos appearing in front of Congress on July 29th, 2020. How awesome was that, right? I just love listening to the raw, unedited audio of some of the greatest leaders of our time. And I certainly think Jeff Bezos deserves to be on that list. Some questions and observations as you think about what you just heard. What did Jeff have to overcome to create and then build Amazon? What are you having to overcome or what have you had to overcome during your life to be in the position leading whatever you are leading now? What two words did Jeff use? And remember, he's one of the world's wealthiest people. What two words did he use to describe what he was born into? Do you define great wealth the same way he did? What did Jeff say about that he dreamed about as he would drive book deliveries to the post office in those early days of Amazon's existence? Yeah, you and I, we think of Amazon, we visualize the packages on the front porch today, all the delivery trucks that we see going through our neighborhoods, the exclusive entertainment program that they distribute now. But it didn't used to be that way, right? Someone had to build that. The the company didn't even become profitable until 2001. Prime was invented 17 years ago. The Kindle is younger than that. Jeff and his remarkable team built all of that into a company that did an average of $1.5 billion. $1.5 billion of sales per day in Q4 of last year. By the way, that number, the sales in 2021 last year, they were only up 22% from the year before. What did Jeff say was part of the culture in the U.S. that makes entrepreneurship so much more possible here? Risk-taking, right? A culture of risk-taking. How much risk-taking, how much is that a part of your culture, in your organization, on your team? In far too many companies, the answer is not enough. In some, too much. Just a few of the things to think about from that those public, those rare public comments from Jeff Bezos. All right, that does it for this episode. I hope you're healthy. I hope you're happy. I hope you're doing well. Thanks so much for listening. If you found value in this episode, hit on that, tap on that uh, subscribe, add, follow button. You'll get two new episodes every week of the Culture Hacks podcast. Who do you know that could benefit from listening to this episode? Tap on the share button and text the link to a friend or colleague or write a post on LinkedIn and tag Russ. Thanks for listening to the Culture Hacks podcast with Russ Hill.